shall we begin? And here we go. Let the games begin. Alright, alright, alright. A new age has begun. An age of freedom. This is Sparta! Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? You had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is the chopper! This is going to be quite a ride. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to the Movie Pit Podcast. I am your host, Christian. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast this week. This week, we're talking about the possible revival of Justice League Dark. We're talking about some Captain Marvel 2 news. We'll talk about the movie releases coming out this week and the movie releases coming out next week because next week there will be no podcast. Uh, I'm going out of town. Uh, at the beginning of next week, actually this weekend, so I'm actually going to release this podcast a little earlier than I would, uh, what I that I would usually. So here's hoping that no real big movie news items come out tomorrow uh, on Friday, because I'm potentially hoping hoping to release this Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, I got something going down uh, on Friday. I got uh, gonna get called into work, or I'm going to work a little earlier than usual, so I won't have time to actually record anything uh, on Friday, like I usually do record some last minute stuff, so um, if you're listening to this, it's most likely going to be on Friday morning, uh, so there's going to, that's that's it, that's the podcast, but you don't want behind the scenes stuff, you just want to hear some movie news items, and this is the podcast where we do that, where this, uh, I don't think I actually gave a proper introduction, uh, this is the Movie Pit Podcast, where we talk about all of the latest big breaking movie news items that have come out throughout the week, we also talk about the movie trailers, which really there's only been one this week, and it's a movie that doesn't even have a release date. And of course, like I mentioned earlier, we will talk about the movies that are coming out in theaters this weekend for all your viewing pleasures. And because there's no podcast next week, we'll also talk about the movie news items coming out next week as well. Uh, because of that, and it's also kind of a light news week, so I'm going to be introducing a new segment that I'm going to be doing here on the podcast. It's already the end of January, and the way it's kind of going to work out is that it's a monthly thing. So I'll get to that when we get to it, but it's a new segment on the podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoy it, uh, and hopefully you guys will uh, will like it so I can keep doing it. Uh, so let's get to the podcast this week. We're going to talk about some of the movie news items that dropped. I'm talking too quick. We're going to talk about some of the movie news items that dropped after the podcast came out last week. There's only three of those. The first one is that Oscar Isaac is set to star and produce in the adaptation of Brian K. Vaughn's Eisner award-winning comic Ex Machina. No, it is not a remake or a reboot or a sequel of the movie that already starred Oscar Isaac Ex Machina. This is what they're retitling. This is uh, the name of the comic. They're retitling. Oh my god, I can't speak. They're retitling the movie The Great Machine. This will be done by Legendary Pictures, uh, who acquired the rights recently. The comic itself debuted in 2004 and centered on Mitchell 100, or Mitchell 100, not Mitchell 100, Mitchell 100, a former superhero who becomes the mayor of New York City after 9-11. 100 had the power to talk to mechanical devices, but the comic will reportedly, or was reportedly, concerned less about superhero, uh, superheroics than issues of government and political leadership. So it's a very nice little different take on the superhero genre. Uh, Vaughn is the man responsible for other awesome comic book series like Why the Last Man, which is being made into a TV series, and Saga, which is um, one of his more recent comics as well, and uh, that one also has been doing a lot of gangbusters. I would not be surprised if Saga gets turned into something down the line as well. Uh, Vaughn will produce the movie, and the script will be written by Anna Waterhouse and Joe Shrapnel. Uh, The movie Oscar Isaac will, of course, play the main character of Mitchell Um, The next movie news item is that on top of the live-action James Wan-produced Mortal Kombat movie coming out next year, Warner Bros. Animation is releasing its own Mortal Kombat movie uh, titled Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. The Hollywood Reporter notes the movie will come out in the first half half of 2020, uh, so there's no release date, just saying the first half of 2020. On top of that, a voice cast was announced, and some surprising surprising names were attached to it. Joe McHale will 
will voice Johnny Cage, Jennifer Carpenter. Uh, for most people, will probably know her as uh, Deborah Morgan from Dexter, uh, the show Dexter. Uh, she was also in The Exorcism of Emily Rose. She will voice Sonya Blade. The well-renowned, uh, well-renowned voice actor Stephen Blum will voice Sub-Zero. Patrick, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his last name, Stites. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he will be voicing uh, Scorpion. Uh, he's been voicing the character of Scorpion for a while now. He voiced Jiren in the English dub for uh, Dragon Ball Super. So, if you're any fans of that. Uh, the rest of the cast is pretty much filled out with some other recognizable voice actors, if that's your thing. I don't know a lot of voice actors uh, by name. Uh, I'll probably know them by their work, but not by name. Uh, but the movie will include characters like Liu Kang, Shang Sun, Quan Chi, Kano, Jax, Goro, Katana, Raiden, as well as a character named Demon Torturer. So uh, you got that going for you. This is pretty cool. Uh, I'm a I'm a pretty big Mortal Kombat fan, so any kind of Mortal Kombat movie or anything uh, other than the video game is really really cool to see. Uh, there's no word yet on if this actually gets a uh, theater release or maybe if it's going to go on a streaming platform of some kind but I just wanted to put it out there because it's it's really cool. Finally the last movie news item that dropped after the podcast came out last week is Don't Breathe. Uh, the sequel to Don't Breathe is moving ahead. Uh, of course Don't Breathe was uh, directed by Fetty Alvarez who directed the Evil Dead movie. The Hollywood Reporter reports that the movie will be directed by his co-writer of Evil Dead and the first Don't Breathe movie, I'm going to mispronounce his last name even though it should be very easy for me to pronounce, uh, Roto Sayagus, I'm pretty sure that's not how you pronounce the last name, it should be easy for me to pronounce, but it's not, apparently, uh, he will direct a sequel, this will be making his directorial debut, uh, plus he aims to start shooting in April, so they're moving very, very fast on this. Stephen Lang is set to reprise his role as the deadly loner blind man, plus plot details are being kept secret, but the outlet says the movie will be set several years after the events of the first movie, with the blind man living in a quiet solace until his past sins catch up to him. There's no word on what that means, although if you saw the first movie, maybe you can kind of get an idea of what it is, but we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, Fetty Alvarez will still be attached to the project. He will uh, co-write the script uh, with his uh, co-writing buddy. Uh, I was a pretty big fan of Don't Breathe. I actually got to see it a little earlier the, uh, before it got uh, its wide release, uh, and I was very proud of that and getting to hear him. He was there. Uh, Fetty Alvarez was there, as, as well as uh, Stephen Lang was there. They were talking about it, and... Uh, uh, they they really really loved it and they were they had ideas for, for doing a sequel so I'm really proud to see really happy to see not proud because I don't actually know them personally I'm very happy to see them doing uh, a sequel to this because uh, Don't Breathe was a pretty solid it was a solid solid thriller it really was if you haven't seen Don't Breathe I highly recommend you do all right so that's it those are the movie news albums that came out after the podcast came out last week we're gonna move on to trailer talk uh again at the time of this recording there's only one trailer that's out right now uh but we're gonna briefly talk about it because it is kind of more of a visual trailer coming soon to theaters the trailer is Viverium. I think that's how they're pronounced, or Viva Virum. I don't know how, I don't know how they're pronouncing the, the title of the movie uh it stars Image Poots and Jesse Eisenberg who play a couple who get trapped in a suburban housing complex and neighborhood where no matter how hard they try, they cannot escape it. And everything looks eerily the same. Uh, and every day they wake up with a box of supplies and eventually a baby is delivered to them. And they are stuck there for a while because it looks like the baby grows up to be a child at some point in the trailer. Uh, the movie premiered at uh, Cannes last year where it was quickly picked up for distribution by Saban Films. Yes, that's Saban Films, the uh, the people who distribute the Power Rangers property. Although it still doesn't have an actual release date, but with the trailer out, I'm pretty sure it's going to come out eventually. There's no word yet on if it's going to go straight to VOD, if it's going to get a limited release, or it's going to get a wide release. It looks pretty interesting. Uh, it, looks, it, it does look like, be, besides Poots and Eisenberg... Uh, and the kid actor, uh, there is another actor who's playing like the person who's showing them the house and he's kind of creepy looking and it looks like he may appear at some point or maybe he's kind of watching over them. It's really weird. It's, it's almost like a twilight zone kind of more black mirror esque, um, kind of vibe to it. It looks pretty interesting. It does look like Poots and Eisenberg are pretty much going to be holding the movie down by themselves so we'll have to see how how that turns out but if you want to go catch the trailer i highly recommend you do especially if that's uh kind of again twilight zone kind of black mirror-esque kind of vibe is your thing uh, i think uh this is 
this is for you. So uh, that's it. That's the only trailer. Again, at the time of this recording, I am going to release this a little earlier than I usually do because, again, I'm going out of town. Uh, so uh, let's move on. If anything drops, you know, between now and by the time I updo- uh, upload this, obviously the trailers, the links will be down below in the description slash show notes area. All right, let's get forward or let's move forward. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Seriously, what, what 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 did I do? Let's keep going. Just let's just keep going with this week's movie news items of the week. So, like I mentioned up top, it's uh, it was a little light this week. We do have some pretty big movie news items in terms of scope, but uh, it was still pretty light. Uh, so we're gonna start off with uh, some Matt Damon news. Hey, how about that? Matt Damon. Ford V. Ferrari director James Mangold is reuniting with one of his film stars and Matt Damon for the thriller titled The Force. The movie is based on a Don Winslow best-selling novel of the same name, which is something that Mangold has actually been developing for a while, and centers on a corrupt NYPD officers. Uh, Damon would play a detective, Danny Malone, who runs an elite team crime-fighting squad, but becomes ensnared in a corruption scandal. So, kind of, sort of, like his character in The Departed? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and Gold is also currently attached to direct the Bob Dylan biopic starring uh, Timothy Chalamet, which apparently is now called Going Electric. Uh, but other than that, well, there's no other details, but Mangold and Damon did a pretty bang-up job together in Vort V. Ferrari, so I can only imagine that this will be uh, more or less the same of that effect. The next movie news item is that Channing Tatum is set to star in, the Disney, in Disney's long-gesturing musical comedy Bob the Musical. The movie would follow a regular guy, I assume probably named Bob, who can suddenly hear the inner songs of everyone's heart from suffering a blow to the head. The movie has been in the works since 2004, which is a very, very long time, uh, with directors like Phil Lord and Chris Miller attached at one point, as well as Hairspray director Adam Shankman circling the project. At some point, also between the development of this project, Tom Cruise was apparently eyed at one point, but Tatum now is set to star in the movie. He also produced the movie with his Free Association production banner. Tatum has a lot on his plate right now. He's making his directorial debut with the road trip comedy called Dog, which his co-star will be a dog. He is set to star in the romantic drama called Soundtrack of Silence, which will reunite him with his dear John writer, and is producing an adaptation of Sam Keith's comic The Max, which we talked about uh, late last year. Tatum is also developing his own original musical comedy, or his own uh, musical movie, I should say, called Wingman with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes, that of Gordon-Levitt, but uh, since it was announced about a year or two ago, there hasn't really been any reports in terms of development, so he's got a lot on his plate. And, of course, the ever-mentioned Gambit movie, which is nowhere to be seen in any sort of news reports. I'm pretty sure Gambit is dead at this point. Uh, He may or may not be attached to that still. Who knows? I don't think it's happening anymore, but there you go. Moving on to the next movie news item. Moving on pretty quick since, again, it's kind of light. Uh, Universal Pictures has picked up the rights to the 1972 TV series Kung Fu to make a contemporary set action film and have put David Leitch in charge to direct. Leitch, of course, directed the Hobbs and Shaw movie for Universal Pictures. He also directed uh, Deadpool 2, Atomic Blonde, and was one of the co-directors on the first John Wick. The TV show starred David Carradine as a master martial artist who fled China after his master was murdered. He wandered on the Old West, helping those who needed help, while also eluding assassins trying to kill him. This, unbeknownst to me, is the second martial arts remake that Leech is attached to, because apparently David Leech is attached to direct the remake of Enter the Dragon. Yes, that Enter the Dragon, the Bruce Lee classic movie, Enter the Dragon, uh, for Warner Brothers. I didn't know that. I, I don't know how that movie news item evaded me, but it did. Uh, or maybe I just read it and forgot about it, but it's happening. Uh, as for Kung Fu, a writer is set to be hired very, very soon at least according to the report. Coincidentally, a female-driven kung fu series remake is being worked on with the team behind NBC's series Blindspot, and Greg Berlanti, of course, started the Arrowverse over on the CW. For those of you who are not familiar with the Arrowverse, that is, of course, the show Arrow, The Flash, basically all the DC properties that you see on TV. They pretty much belong to (laughs) Greg Berlanti. He had a hand in creating a lot of those. Uh, I'm a fan of David Leitch. I remember watching, you know, reruns, 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 reruns of Kung Fu and probably had like 10 more reruns of that, of Kung Fu uh, with David Carradine. And uh, I I guess, yeah, sure. 
why not? Uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, fans will have something to say about it, but David Leach attached. I'm, I'm a fan of David Leach. I love what he does. He obviously knows how to direct action very well. So let him, let him, let him do it, I guess. All right. And finally, the big two movie news items. Of course, the first one is that the long in development Justice League Dark looks to be back in development, uh, at least according to a report from Deadline that says that J.J. Abrams, I know, I know, just let me read it, relax. J.J. Abrams' production banner, Bad Robot, as part of their new deal with Warner Media, will develop films and TV series based on the DC Comics uh, Justice League Dark. Everything is still in the very early stages, and there's no word yet on if Abrams himself will be directly involved with any of the projects. Regardless, the bad robot head of motion pictures, Hannah Manghella, and head of TV, Ben Stephenson, or Stephenson, uh, will reportedly start taking meetings soon to decide what characters from what uh, from the team will anchor their movie projects and will anchor their TV projects. Of course, there will probably be some sort of blend, hopefully. Uh, for those unfamiliar with Justice League Dark, uh, there is a lot to Justice League Dark, but it is not an evil version of the Justice League. They are actually a team made up of more uh, of more of the magical side, more of the occult side of the DC Universe. They're basically any kind of magical missions they pretty much always call on the Justice League Dark. People like John Constantine, uh, he's pretty much always a member. And, and the team is ever-shifting, but Constantine's kind of always the the staple head, he's kind of, I want to say he's the leader, but he kind of always is kind of front and center of that, uh, Satana is also there, Dead Man is also there, which is, he's actually a ghost, it's the, it's a comic book, relax, uh, and Swamp Thing is also there, and there, um, there, of course there's a bunch of other people as well attached, but those are kind of probably the big ones, uh, that I kind of want, of course, Constantine, you know, we had Keanu Reeves Constantine, we had, uh, we have currently the, Matt, was his name Matt Ryan? I don't know why Matt Ryan popped in my, is that his name? I don't know why, what, I'm pretty, I, I hope that's his name, uh, but the Constantine that we have on TV right now, uh, he's pretty great, he's, he's, he's really great, and of course Swamp Thing had their short-lived TV series on, um, on the DC Universe uh, streaming app, uh, so hopefully, you know, Justice League Dark finally works out, because like I mentioned, this has been in development for a long time, and there's no word if this will be a new version of the Justice League Dark, or if they will try to add in some elements of the much-talked-about, of the much-in-the-works version that Guillermo del Toro has been working on for a handful of years now. Um, but uh, either way, I'm happy that this is happening. I am more kind of interested in seeing how they're going to uh, play out with the movie side of things and how they're going to play out with the TV side of things. So that kind of... Although I have not seen it yet, but... I did see the big kind of spoiler, I guess it was a spoiler, I guess it was just a way of bringing people in, that the TV DC world is connected to the DC movie world, because Ezra Miller appeared in the TV show for a brief cameo, uh, because they had their big Crisis of Infinity Earths crossover right now, and he popped, apparently popped up on the show for just a quick cameo, um, so I think that was fun, so maybe that was their way of, of, kind of teasing out that, hey, these two worlds are connected in their own way. And of course, the Flash would be the character to associate with that because he can, obviously, he's messed up the timeline more times than anyone can count. Uh, but there is that. But I'm more interested in seeing how they they do uh, separate the TV side and the uh, movie side of this. And I'm more interested in seeing who they bring in because that would be pretty cool. But yet another project that Del Toro has been working on for years that may not come to fulfillment because of studio reasons or whatever, you know, the, the, add, add, add Del Toro's Justice League Dark to Hellboy 3 and to his version of At the Mountains of Madness and his version of Pinocchio, which have been in the works for so long that at this point it's become a joke, uh, because unfortunately it's become a joke because I, I want to see those versions, but we're never going to get them at this point, but I'm happy that Justice League Dark is finally getting its due, because there's a lot of great characters in there, and there's a lot of great stories that you can tell out, and if they want to expand the world, then, you know, more power to them, especially if they can do it well, hopefully do it well, hopefully do it, after all these years, hopefully they give them, they do them justice, so, alright, no pun intended, alright, uh, let's move on to the final movie news item of the week, which is Captain Marvel, whether you liked it or not, was a big hit for Marvel, and while Marvel announced their Phase 4 movies a while back, Captain Marvel 2 was not on the list. 
While we all knew it was going to happen, that changed this week as The Hollywood Reporter noted that Marvel is lining up a sequel for a date in 2022, although no specific date was actually given. We can probably assume that it's going to be in the summer since they released Captain Marvel in the summer and it did pretty well for them. On top of that, they're looking for a new screenwriter and directors. Right now, they're in negotiations with Megan McDonald. McDonald was a staff writer on the Disney Plus series WandaVision, so it looks like they're extremely happy with, with, uh, with what she's done and what she's doing over there, that they're giving her a crack at Captain Marvel. Granted, the first Captain Marvel had multiple writers too before we got the final version, so McDonald may just be the first writer at the end of the day but it does make sense why she's attached that's something you know if you want to go a little bit deeper uh the character of monica the little kid uh in the first movie that belonged to i can't remember her name now of course i can't remember her name the the little kid in the movie i can't remember the last name for some reason i didn't write down i just wrote monica i don't know why that was weird okay anyway uh she she appeared as a little kid in the movie she was the kid to her best friend she is actually in uh, WandaVision, uh, not the actress, but the character. Uh, so there's a little connection there. So it should be interesting to kind of see how they play that out. Uh, moreover, Marvel is looking for a new director uh, as Anne Bowden and Ryan Fleck will not return. Although the Hollywood Reporter notes that one, they are looking to stay in the MCU, so they're probably going to direct some some episodes of the Disney Plus series. I, I would assume, or maybe they're going to hand them off to another uh, another project right now. But they also note that. Two, the studio, Marvel, is looking for a woman to direct. So start your speculations now on who they're going to nab and who they're going to grab. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure if I looked up on film Twitter at some point, I'm sure Patty Jenkins' name was attached at some point. Not that I would be complaining if Patty Jenkins' name was attached to that. would be really cool. Um, Captain Marvel. Uh, I didn't mind the first one. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was great i think it was awesome i know the movie gets a lot of flack mainly because a lot of people hate brie larson now for whatever reason for whatever thing that she may have done to piss a lot of people off i don't know i i, I didn't mind the first one I, i'm kind of just more interested in seeing what they're gonna do with captain marvel 2 in general i i haven't read admittedly i have not read a lot of captain marvel uh comics or storylines or anything like that and a lot of the stuff that i know from captain marvel is usually when she's attached to other heroes like the big events in the comic world so i don't read a lot of her stuff i know that she's gone evil in the comics right now or something like that something to that extent again i, I don't read uh, a lot and it's i haven't read a lot of comic books recently either so um but um but yeah i don't know i'm, I'm interested I'm, I'm interested i'm more interested in seeing where they take the character of, of anything so there's that. There you go. Alright, those are your movie news items that came out this week. I'm going to, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I'm going to introduce a new segment. Uh, this is a segment uh, that I am doing on the WordPress account, which is uh, where I do my written reviews. And over there, I did it uh, from the decade. So obviously the decade ended, you know, everyone was doing their best of the decade, their favorites of the decade, stuff like that. Uh, I decided to do it a little... Um, more tedious and make it more harder on myself because i hate myself but uh i decided to look at movies that came out all the way in 2000 because if you're like me uh and i've mentioned this in the in the past i can remember movies i can remember what happened in them i can remember who was in it i can remember a lot of stuff from movies that i haven't seen years ago and that i haven't seen in a while and i'm like oh yeah, yeah yeah i remember that but if you ask me what year they came out I wouldn't. I would blank. I would not be able to tell you anything whatsoever. I, it would be like you asking me to do long division in front of you with a pe- with a pen and paper, and I wouldn't be able to do it because I haven't done long division on paper in so long. Uh, and I'm also an English major, right? and that's why I stopped taking math classes. Uh, or so yeah. Uh, so I decided to look back a little bit, and this is something I usually kind of do just for fun sometimes uh, with a little with one of my other friends, but um, we haven't done it in a while. But uh, I decided just to kind of look back, and the segment's called Monthly Rewind, and it's basically me looking back at every all the movies that come out that month from 2000 to 2018. So the cutoff is 2018 because we just did 2019. We don't need to talk about that. Um... So it was me kind of just, uh, what I'm doing is basically just grabbing all those movies, grabbing the big movies, grabbing the movies that that I've liked, that stuck out to me, that I still enjoy to this day, or that at least still stick with me, even if it's just like a scene. 
that still stick with me and just talk about them and just, you know, do that. So January is almost over and I was putting the list all together and then I realized, oh my God, January is almost over. This is dumb. So I all, so if you go to the WordPress account, the only movies in January are the ones from 2010 to 2018. So I figure, because it was a light news week, I figure I just do it here on the podcast and talk about the movies from 2000 2018. Now, I'm not going to dive into every single movie, because obviously it's a lot of movies. You should see the document that I made. It's like, it's crazy. It's like over, I don't know, like 30 pages, because I put like little notes in there for to remind myself of, of certain things. So I'm going to do this monthly. I'm going to do this till, you know, December. Uh, and I may start doing it as separate blocks, as separate podcasts. I won't just be putting it into this podcast, because then the podcast will be way too long. So I'm going to be doing separate podcasts in the future for the month. Uh, I don't know if this is something you guys uh, want to listen to, if you guys want to uh, like it. Maybe, you know, you hear a movie and you're like, oh, that's right, that movie, that, I remember that movie. So th- that's kind of what this is all about. This is just bringing us back to where we were, where we saw this movie, you know, how we felt about it and stuff like that. So granted, there are movies that I have missed and still to this day have not seen. Uh, there are movies, there have been, again, I'm going month by month, year by year, from 2000 to 2018, there is movies that I probably missed. So if you're like, hey, this came out this month, or this came out this year, where is it? I'm sorry. Okay, just be kind. (laughs) Please. Uh, A lot of movies. My eyes hurt a lot when I was putting this list together. This list took like three days to put together. Um, Because it's it's insane. And there are movies that that I was like, this sounds familiar. And then I had to go like the plot synopsis, and then I had to go to Wikipedia to be like, did I watch this? And yes, yes, I did watch it. I just don't remember it. So... Those movies will not be talked about because I obviously don't remember too much about them. But uh, for the most part, this is really just, you know, to put more content out there. But to also just kind of be like, hey, you know, remember this movie? You remember this? Yeah, you remember that, right? Uh, so this is me just trying to, you know. And also, I'm a substitute teacher. I have to sit in class all day and I have to watch over those kids and have to do the work. And just have to remind them not to kill each other or to put their hands on one another or to stick their heads inside you know, from don't stick their heads out the window or anything like that. So this keeps me sane. So <laughs> this is another reason why this list is so long. So I'm going to go by it really quickly because I just, you know, I, like I mentioned, I'm not going to go, you know, movie by movie and talk about it. But uh, again, starting all the way back in 2000, The Boondock Saints, that came out in 2000 in January. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Snatch came out in 2001. I'm going to go back, by the way, and talk about certain little certain movies like this, but I'm just going to give you all the rundown of everything right now. So, Boondong Saints at 2000, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Snatch in 2001, Black Hawk Down in 2002, Darkness Falls, Final Destination in 2003, apparently either didn't go to the movies in January or none of the movies in January really stuck out to me in 2004, Uh, House of Flying Daggers in 2005, Hoodwinked in 2006, Children of Men, Pan's Labyrinth, Smoking Aces from 2007, the Orphanage and Cloverfield from 2008, or Rambo from 2008 as well. So The Orphanage, Cloverfield, and Rambo from 2008. Gran Torino, My Bloody Valentine 3D, Taken, The Wrestler from 2009, Daybreakers from 2010, The Housemaid, and It Man 2 from 2011. Those are both foreign movies, which I found very funny. Uh, Haywire the Grey from 2012, Zero Dark Thirty, and The Last Stand. Oh, and Movie 43 from 2013. Movie 43, mainly because... I watched it, and I hated myself, and I still hate myself that I watched it, and it it is, it's not a good movie, it's just, it's, it's here for the wrong reasons, and it's not here because it's a good movie, or because, oh, I have fond memories of it, no, it is here to remind me that I paid to watch Movie 43, and I'm here to remind you that if you watch Movie 43, I'm here to remind you that, yes, you too watch Movie 43, and you probably hate yourself as much as I do. Uh, so let's, let's move on. 2014, I have Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, Her, and Inside Lewin Davis. 2015 was Paddington, Foxcatcher, and Predestination. 2016 gave us The Revenant, Room, Carol, uh, 13 Hours, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And I'll get to that right now as well. Just let me get down the list. Uh, 2017, we have A Monster Calls and Split. 2018, which is, again, the cutoff, Phantom Thread, I, Tanya, Paddington 2, and Den of Thieves. So the, that's the monthly rewind of movies that stuck out to me, that still stick out to me, and that are some of my favorites from uh, from January from these past years. So let's just go all the way back. Of course, Boondocks, Boond- the Boondock Saints 
cult classic, has a major following. People still quote this movie to this day. It is one of those movies that if you watched it, you're just you became an instant fan of it. If you have not watched it, I highly recommend you go watch it. It's very, very good. A little dated, but it's very, 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 very good. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Snatch. Again, two two great movies. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I think, is when I really, at that point, maybe unbeknownst to me at that point, but it, it really was probably for me going back and thinking about it, the the start of me fall, starting to fall in love with foreign film. And it's one of those movies that I watched again for the first time. It was... I forgot what it was. It, the the ArcLight Cinemas was doing this thing. We have an ArcLight. We have one ArcLight here in the city of uh, or here in the Chicagoland area because they're mostly like, of course, the big the big uh, ArcLight theaters that everyone knows about is the one in in Los Angeles. But we have one here in the Chicagoland area, and they were doing this thing. I, I don't know what they were doing, but they were doing this thing and they were playing the movie in theaters. And I went to go watch it, and I remembered while I was sitting down watching it, I remember loving it. And of course, everyone remembers, the only thing that everyone remembers from Couch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon is the fight scene between Michelle Yeoh and, uh, and I for, for whatever life of me, I can't remember her name. And I don't want to say it because I'm, I'm afraid that I'll mispronounce it. But that's what that's the thing that everyone remembers from Couch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And of course, the, the wire work where they're, you know, jumping on the trees and stuff. But I remember watching that movie, I was sitting there watching that movie again for the first time in a long time. It was the first time that I had seen the whole thing all the way through. And I think this was last year, or two years ago, something like that. And I was watching, and I was like, I don't remember most of this movie. Like, I don't remember anything from the desert. I don't remember uh, a little bit of the ending. Uh, I'm not going to say it, just in case you want... Well, if you haven't seen it by now, you're probably never going to see it. But there's a point in the, there's a point in the movie and the ending when a character jumps off, and she it looks like she's flying. I'm sure it's metaphorical. I'm pretty sure it is metaphorical. But uh, it just... I saw that, I was like... What? Why did that happen? I forgot why that, I forgot that happened. Uh, so it's a very good movie if you want to go back and watch. And of course, Snatch is Guy Ritchie. Uh, this was his first kind of major exposure here in America. He, of course, he had done uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels at this point. And Snatch was, or at that time, everyone's like Snatch was like the American version of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, but Snatch is still very good, even to this day. It's it's still very good, and it gives you Brad Pitt. I mean, it gives you Brad Pitt shirtless, speaking in a Cockney accent, which, I mean, really. That's worth the price of admission alone, or at least the worth of you know you sitting down and watching it. Uh, so 2002, Black Hawk Down. I, for whatever reason, really love Black Hawk Down. It's a, it's a fine it's a fine movie. It's a good movie. Um, but and when you look back at it, and over the years I've I've been watching it, like watch bits and pieces of it on TV, whenever I can, even if it's just like to to fill you know, even if it's just like background noise. I'm doing some other stuff. But you watch it and you realize just how many people are actually in that movie. That thing is filled to the brim with very recognizable names. There is a young Tom Hardy in here uh, that I forgot he was in it. Uh, there's also uh, the the Kingslayer, uh, Nikolai uh, Coster-Waldu from Game of Thrones. He's in here uh, as well. So it's... it's it's very packed to the room. I mean, of course, it, Josh Hartnett's in there and you, you forget how Josh Hartnett was supposed to be the next big thing and then he wasn't, uh, so, so there's that, and then Final Destination, of course, you know, uh, I think looking back at it now, it's a little bit dated, uh, it's not, probably doesn't hold up very well, but I've, still, to this day, I think Final Destination is one of those horror movies where it takes a very unique concept, and, uh, it's still, it's kind of parody, it's parody a little bit now, too, so there's that, uh, 2005, House of Flying Daggers, again, my love for foreign film, uh, was even more cemented with this one, uh, so there's that. 2016, Hoodwinked, or 2006, sorry, Hoodwinked. Uh, Hoodwinked is a movie that I think kind of gets forgotten about. It is a movie about Red Riding Hood, but it is a movie much more about Red Riding Hood, where she's not this very, you know, sweet, innocent little Red Riding Hood. No, she's, she's, she'll kick your ass. <laughs> so, I really liked Hoodwinked. I don't know what it is. Hoodwinked is awesome. Uh, I think that it gets forgotten about. I think it's been lost in the, uh, in the plethora of animated movies, but I still remember you hoodwinked. I still do. Uh, and then 2007, uh, we have, uh, what do we have? We have three movies here. Children of Men, Pam's Lambert, and Smoking Aces. Smoking Aces, of course, directed by Joe Carnahan. I love Smoking Aces. I don't know what it is. I, I just, it's Carnahan's dir- uh, directing style where everything's just kind of balls to the wall out there, and I just, I, I just to this day, I, I really like it. Uh, Pam's Lambert, of course, Guillermo del Toro. It's, it, it was, unbeknownst to me at the time, it was the first time that I had really um, seen anything 
uh, of his. Uh, I th- at this point, I'd kind of already seen Hellboy, but uh, and, and I'm pretty sure I've seen Blade 2. I think Blade 2 came out after this, or before this. I can't remember now. I had to go back and look at my gigantic list of movies. But, um, again, see, I don't remember years. Uh, but uh, Pan's Labyrinth is one of those movies that I just instantly fell in love with from everything, from the storytelling, from the creatures, production design, everything. It is one of those movies where... I would argue, arguably say Pan's Lambeth was the thing that opened up my creative outlet, for sure. Uh, and then Children of the Men. Obviously, Children of the Men is awesome to this day. It is just, it's it's just one of those movies where I can pop in, and if, it's, if I see it on TV and it's not the beginning of the movie, it's one of those movies where I don't want to watch it halfway through. I want to watch the whole thing. Everyone remembers that, that car scene, and that's the car, and that's the scene that kind of always sticks out to me is the car scene. Um, and then Clive Owen's character running through the through the city where, where he's getting bombarded with stuff. So that's really cool. Uh, 2008, we have The Orphanage and Cloverfield and Rambo. So those are three movies. Of course, Rambo, everything that everyone remembers about Rambo is the scene with him on the, on the mounted gun where he's just mowing down people. He mows down like at least 100 people. Uh, and I'm all for that because I'm an action junkie. Uh, or at least action movie junkie. I'm not an action junkie. So no. Uh, in The Orphanage, uh, I had saw this actually at the Chicago International Film Festival, but I'm putting it here because it was the wide release for The Orphanage uh, this year, uh, and it was one of those movies where I watched it. I didn't know what I was watching at that point. I didn't really know anything about it. I heard that uh, Guillermo del Toro was either a producer or he was attached to it. My brother kind of told me about it. He was like, you know, uh, or he, the director was friends with Guillermo del Toro or something like that, and they, are, and they are friends, but it's one of those movies where I was not expecting it to go that route, and it's one of those movies where I was watching it, and I didn't know what was going to happen next, and I kind of didn't want it to end, because I wanted to see more of where it was going, there's one scene that involves uh, characters knocking, and that's all I will say, I highly recommend The Orphanage if you have not seen it, it's, it's very, very good. And then Cloverfield. Uh, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about Cloverfield. I remember sitting in a movie theater, in the movie theater, I should say. Uh, I think it was opening night. Yeah, it was open. It was Friday night, and I was sitting there, and the movie ended. And I could. It, it was one of the. It was one of probably three or four times in my whole movie watching experience where I heard a a very audible like just deflate deflation of an audience it was one of the, it was one of the only times where everyone was like <sighs> and it was one of the only times where i heard loudly in the theater saying that sucked um or one of the two times because the other time was was halloween and oh boy we're, i'm gonna have a lot of fun talking about john car uh not john carpenters because that, that ooh, what am i doing ooh, ooh, I, I apologize uh rob zombies halloween that was the other time where i heard very audibly People saying, even walking out of the theater and to the parking lot where people were saying this movie sucked. But uh, as for Cloverfield, I kind of enjoy it. Uh, I think it was one of the first. And the thing I love about Cloverfield is before it even came out, everyone was wondering, what the hell is it? And everyone, of course, thought, hey, it's it's another Godzilla movie. Or everyone, I think at some point, some people were saying it was a Godzilla movie. At one point, some people thought it was a Voltron movie. At one point, I think some people thought it was like this weird, like just like robot movie or something like that uh i I remember voltron i remember that voltron rumor for some reason i don't know why uh but of course everyone thought it was like kind of a godzilla movie at some point or like some sort of creature feature and then it was nothing attached it was cloverfield and it started this whole thing of course we got 10 cloverfield lane from it we got the cloverfield paradox from it and it's just it was one of those things where everyone was like i remember the hype surrounding it and everyone online and they created this thing Online, and I can't remember the, the initials for it anymore. But it started this big thing online where you get more into the the, the world, into the story, if you go online, and then you could see it in, and everything. And I remember like the the production had made like fake MySpace accounts for the characters because MySpace was a thing back then. Look it up, kids. Uh, but yeah, I, I just and I still kind of like it. I still really enjoy it. I saw maybe the last half of it on TV a few months ago, and I still enjoyed it. I mean, it's not that bad of a movie guys relax let's move on to 2009 which is gran torino uh my bloody valentine 3d taken and the wrestler gran torino of course the the clean eastwood movie uh the wrestler of course 
very awesome. The return of, of Mickey Rourke, and then for whatever reason, he just kind of went away again. Uh, this is this is a return find of form for that, and uh, it was a movie about wrestling. I mean, I was I'm still a wrestling fan, and I just wanted to go watch that. Uh, of course, Taken, Liam Neeson, bona fide. Uh, super action superstar now at that point, so it was great. And My Bloody Valentine 3D. No, it is not the original My Bloody Valentine. It's, you know, content-wise, it's whatever. But I really enjoyed it. I don't know what it was. I enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, sue me. Uh, only one movie in 2010, which was Daybreakers. Uh, that was the Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe, um, uh, what's his name? Sam Neill. Uh, I, I was, <laughs> I was gonna say Richard Grant, but that's that's not who. That's it's not even it's not even Richard Grant uh, at all. I was thinking of, of the of uh, Sam Neill's character from um, from Jurassic Park for some reason. Uh, but Sam Neill, uh, Sam Neill, uh, Willem Dafoe, and Ethan Hawke. It's it's a movie about. Uh, it's the same guys that did Predestination, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but um, it's a movie about vampires. It's kind of one of those underappreciated vampire movies, I guess. Uh, I think it's kind of a little bit of a followings. After after its theater run, because people went to go watch it, and they're like, "Oh, it's, that's actually pretty good." So, Daybreakers, uh, 2011 was the Housemaid and It Man Two. Of course, It Man Two. I am a big Donnie Yen fan. I love the It Man movies. I don't care what anyone says. I love them. Uh, and the Housemaid. Uh, this is another movie I saw at the Chicago International Film Festival. This movie's messed up. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. It's messed up. It's a. Uh, I think it's Korean. Yeah, I think it's Korean. Uh, it's it's messed up. That's, that's all I'm gonna say about it. It's messed up. Uh, let's move on to 2012, which was only two movies, uh, Haywire and The Grey. Haywire, of course, introduced uh, the film community to Gina Carano, of course was a MMA uh, fighter at that point, and um, Michael Fassbender as well, and arguably it kind of introduced, of course directed by Steven Sonnenberg, it kind of introduced, at least to me, at least this is when I started seeing it, uh, the more gritty, hard-hitting uh, in-your-face action scenes, martial arts scenes, uh, because of Gina Carano, because she was, you know, obviously able to do a lot of that stuff because she was an MMA. Uh, she knows what she, she knows how to fight. She knows what she's doing. So it was that. And of course, The Gray. Uh, once again, Joe Carnahan back on the list. And The Gray is one of those movies. I think The Gray is when it when it started to be like, you know, January is no longer a dump month because everyone assumed that January was a dump month. Every now and then, you get a big, you know, big. Uh, a big movie, a big, uh, a big name movie, uh, uh, a financial success movie, but I think it was the gray that everyone was like, "Oh no, you can put these great movies in January and have a big hit on your hands, and be okay with it." And, and you know, and the gray was one of those movies where I think to me is when I actually started seeing that no, you can put these good movies in January. You know, studios don't have to be afraid of January anymore. And the gray was one of those movies where I was like, "The gray is the movie where everyone, you know." look at the gray and look at the aspect the gray came out very early in january and was still in a lot of people's favorite movies of the year best movies of the year at the end of, at the end of 2012 uh, i know it wasn't mine uh and of course i know a lot of people are still disappointed they didn't get to see liam neeson fight a wolf but uh get over it it's not what the movie was about uh, so let's move on 2013 i already talked about movie 43 uh so the other movies are the last stand and zero dark 30 of course zero dark 30 was Catherine bigelow's movie after the hurt locker and then he had the last stand that was uh the arnold schwarzenegger movie uh this was kind of his the return of his comeback i would say uh with the last stand uh where he plays like an old sheriff in a small town um and it was one of those movies where i watched it and it takes itself seriously but it's not afraid to be like zany and goofy and i really loved it and i watched it for the first time in a long time the other day or not the other day but um a couple i got yeah, two months ago it was when i was in africa um I'm sure I told you guys about me going to Africa. So it's not like me like, oh, yeah, guys, like I went to Africa. No, I mentioned that on the podcast. Uh, but I was in Africa, and we had like this really big like layover, and we we're just like in, the hotel, in our hotel room watching it, and The Last Stand popped up. And I watched it for the first time in a long time. I really enjoyed it. I forgot how enjoyable it was. It was a lot of fun. If you haven't seen The Last Stand in a while, go back and watch it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, all right, uh, 2014, where are we? Uh, Paranormal Activity, The Marked One, to her and Inside Lewin Davis. I admittedly watched Inside Lewin, da- Inside Lewin Davis uh, many years after it had come out, and I regret that because that movie would have been in my best of, of 2014. It is a great movie. Oscar Isaac's amazing in it. It's the Coen brothers. You got a lot of, uh, you got Adam Driver in there, Justin Timberlake, um, why can't uh, why can't uh, John Goodman in there as well? Uh, Carrie Mulligan there. It's it's a it's a really great movie. Uh, the soundtrack is really good, and 
yeah, that's all I got to really say about Lewin Days. It's, it's really awesome. You haven't seen it in a while? Go back and watch it. Her, of course, everyone remembers her. It's the Joaquin Phoenix movie uh, with the Scarlett Johansson uh, series, basically. And, um, yeah, there's that. Uh, Paranormal Activity of the Marked Ones. It's, um, I remember being okay with it when I watched it. And I gave it another, I gave it another chance a couple, uh, a couple months ago when Dead Meat, uh, Dead Meat channel, James A. Janice, who runs the Dead Meat, uh, channel over on YouTube. Uh, they also have a podcast that they do as well. Uh, he does, uh, Kill Counts on YouTube, which is, they're a lot of fun. If you haven't seen any of them, I highly recommend you, especially if you're a horror fan. Uh, so he does Kill Counts and he did a Kill Count for Paranormal, or they didn't do a Kill Count for Paranormal Activity. They were talking about it on the podcast, uh, because they were building it. I don't know. Why did they do it? I think they were just doing it just for the, for the fun of doing it, for fun of doing a Paranormal Activity series. And they were talking about the Mark ones. And I was like, no, yeah, you're right. Like this is, I think this is one of, uh, one of the underappreciated Paranormal Activity Marked One sequels. It's next to part two. I think it's probably the best, probably one of the best ones. Because the Paranormal Activity movies, after the first two, kind of just went downhill. Three is still okay, but uh, four, and then um, this is technically uh, five. And then the last one, which is the Ghost Dimension, weren't very good. They were horrible. They were downright horrible. Um, but I think this was the last real good Paranormal Activity movie. And they're making another one. Uh, we talked about it uh, late last year. The, the Blumhouse is making another Paranormal Activity movie. There's no details on it, but they're going to make another one. But th- th- I go back and watch. Go back and watch. Because after they talked about it, I went to go back and watched it. And it wasn't too bad. Uh, it also has the, you know, uh, the Latino aspect to it. And any time they kind of get that right, it's, it's, it's good. Uh, all right, so we're almost done. 2015. Uh, we're in 2015 now. We got three: pre- uh, Predestination, Fox Catcher, and Paddington. We talked about Predestination earlier with the uh, the directors of Daybreakers. This is a movie that, when it came out, everyone was really all over it because of just how it handles everything and how it gets to the ending of what it's trying to tell and what its story it's trying to tell. And it's just one of those movies where I watched. I'm like, huh. Like immediately, I was like, huh. I'm not a big fan of it, and then I went, and then I sat down, and started thinking about it, and just, you know, going back to the motions of everything, I was like, oh no, no, this is actually pretty good, so, Predestination, if you haven't watched it, give it a shot, uh, Fox, uh, Foxcatcher, of course, you know, the movie that, uh, made, uh, Steve Carell very, very scary, <laughs> and the movie that, uh, pretty much turned me into a Channing Tatum fan, uh, I wasn't the biggest Channing Tatum fan, and I think, it, I'm pretty sure it was this movie that made me, uh, see Channing Tatum as an actual actor. Like, no, he, this guy has range. He just was picking bad projects. So, kudos to Foxcatcher. And then Paddington. How can you not love Paddington? Look, look just look at him. He's, look, he's, he's, he's a lovable bear. Good. Come on. Uh, Alright, 2016. We're almost done, guys. We're, we're almost done. We're almost done with this. Uh, so, we have The Revenant's Room, and Carol, and 13 Hours. Of course, The Revenant, uh, the movie that gave Leonardo DiCaprio his Oscar, finally. It's also the movie where he gets ragdolled by a bear, so there is that. But it's it's also very uh, beautifully shot, so there uh, that's another reason why. Uh, Room, of course, the movie with Brie Larson. It also gave us Jacob Tremblay. Very, very good as well. Uh, I thought it was very good. I think the kind of the tail end of the movie kind of spirals out of control a little bit, but it's still very well. Uh, Carol, of course, Kate uh, Blanchett, Rooney Mara, uh, Sarah Paulson, all just giving these a plus for performances. If you've not seen Carol, I highly recommend it. I think kind of get it kind of gets lost now in, in, in trying. I don't really see a lot of people talking about Carol too much, but go get that. Go get it out of the watch. Thirteen hours. Pol- politics aside, uh, no matter how you feel about the whole Benghazi thing, thirteen hours itself thoroughly enjoyable. It's Michael Bay. It's it's a more controlled Michael Bay. It's not you know six underground Michael Bay. It's a more controlled Michael Bay. It's kind of a more... It's, it's You know what? It's Michael Bay when he was making The Rock controlled. Oh, no, The Rock was kind of... No, The Rock was kind of crazy. <laughs> um, it's just a more controlled Michael Bay. Let's put it that way. It's a more controlled Michael Bay trying to tell a story of, of these men. Whether or not... Whether or not all the stuff that happens to these men is actually true, although some people will say it is. Um, it's still kind of... It's an, it's an enjoyable action movie for when you're watching it. Put it that way. Just put it that way. Uh, 2017 gave us two, at least for me, gave me two, I should say, uh, Monster Calls and Split, of course, Split, the, 
the return of M Night Shyamalan uh, to true form. You know, with this and the and the visits, and then uh, he wants to go and make Glass, which just frustrated me. If you you know go back and listen to uh, two podcasts ago, the best movies of 2019 or the movies of 2019, I talk about Glass. It's one of my frustrating movies of 2019. So there is that. But Split still awesome. Split's Split's great. James McAvoy, Anya Taylor Joy, just amazing performances by the both of them uh awesome it gave and it gave us on other joy so i mean come on uh and then monster calls that movie that movie wrecked me man that that movie was just uh, that that last 10 those last 10 minutes no i i first i was sick two it it didn't help because i I just bawled like a baby in the movie theater i don't care i i did not care i i bawled like a baby uh so yeah and i and i usually don't I try to hold it in as much as I can, but nope, Monster Calls, that just did me in. So, then we got 2018, which is the cutoff for this little uh, monthly rewind. Of course, uh, Phantom Thread, I, Tanya, Paddington 2, and Den of Thieves. Of course, Paddington 2. I mean, come on, look at him. Look at him. It's Paddington. It's a good family movie. Get over it. Stop being so serious. Phantom Thread, of course, the last movie that uh, Down Day-Lewis did. This, Of course, he announced his retirement shortly afterwards. Or before? Did he do it before or after? I think everyone was saying this was the last one, but I think he announced it afterwards. But uh, regardless, this was his last acting movie, and um, pretty good. I mean, I, I wasn't a big fan of it. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, and I enjoyed watching Daniel Day-Lewis do Daniel Day-Lewis things. I enjoyed Thomas uh, Paul Thomas Anderson doing Paul Thomas Anderson things, so there's that. And then you got I, Tanya, of course, Margot Robbie, you know, everyone... I don't know if everyone really thought that Margot Robbie was a serious actor, but they saw Aitanya and they're like, no, 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 yeah, you're you're a serious actor. So Aitanya, and, and if anything, it gave us uh, Paul Walter Hauser. So you got to give the movie credit to that. But no, I loved. It. I actually did, really did enjoy watching Aitanya. Uh, that scene where you know they kind of do like a kind of a fake documentary kind of thing, and that scene when she's talking to us, quote unquote us, about how we treated her and how we made her. The villain and everything and everything like that. That that was like, wow. That was really good. So, uh, there was that. And then Den of Thieves. Uh, Den of Thieves should be a movie that should be forgotten about. They are making a sequel to it. Uh, I don't. We haven't had a much uh, much development on that, at least movie news-wise. But um, Den of Thieves should have been one of those movies that you forgot. It's, it's a sh- I never use this word, but it's a schlock movie. And I'm not, I'm not even using it correctly, but I don't care. It's just it's one of those movies where you're watching it and you're like you're in, you're you're in for the ride you're enjoying it you know everyone's enjoying it it's a wannabe heat you know you got Gerard Butler literally chewing up the screen every time he's on it I'm surprised there's any screen left after all the scene chewing he was doing uh, and then you got um, Pablo uh, Pablo I forgot oh, I always forget his last name Pablo Schreiber no that's not right Pornstash from uh, Orange Is the New Black Benny. Orange is the New Black uh, people uh, that watched there out there. Uh, he was porn stash. But uh, he solidified himself as kind of his own thing. And uh, he was in this. He was also in 13 Hours. So there was that. Uh, I've become a huge a huge, a huge, fan of his, even though I can't remember his last name, apparently. I want to say it's Schreiber. But, but no relation to Leave Schreiber. I think it's even spelled differently. But uh, anyway, it, it's it's just one of those movies. And there's, it's this cheesy line. And me and my brother are always repeating. Because just the way Gerard Butler delivers it. It's like I didn't bring my cuffs. It's just I don't know. Just I don't know why. I just it's it's stupid funny. It's it's a stupid funny line. It's just it's a movie that it knows what it is. It's not trying to be anything else. It knows exactly what it is, and it's trying to be a little serious. But at the same time, it's like eh, we're letting you have it. Go ahead, have some fun with this. So there you go. That's your monthly rewind. I would do a little bit more better in February. Obviously, hopefully, uh, I won't trust. Uh, it's going to be its own thing, so I won't be you know putting it with the podcast, so I won't have that. Uh, problem, but uh, but yeah. If you let me know if you enjoy it. If you don't, you know, you don't have. Obviously, it's going to be its own separate thing. So if you, if you don't enjoy it, then don't listen to it. I hope you listen to it because I put a lot of work into this thing. So uh, I put a lot of hours into it. So hopefully, you do you do enjoy it. All right, let's move on with the rest of the podcast. We still have the end of it. Uh, let's move on to this week's movie releases. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Alright, so we got one limited release coming out this week. Uh, it's called The Last Full Measure. 
34 years after his death, Airman William H. Pentensberger, played by Jeremy uh, Irving, is awarded the nation's highest military honor for his actions on the battlefield. Last measure, co-star Sebastian Stane, Sir Darius Blaine, Alison Soldell, uh, Diane, Diane Ladd, Ed Harris, William Hurt, Bradley Whitford, Samuel L. Jackson, and Christopher Plummer. Uh, I saw the trailer. <laughs> this is the first time I saw it. I think the first time I saw the trailer was a couple weeks ago. And it looks fine. I don't know. It's it's one of those weird. I don't know if it's based on a true story or not. But it's just it's I don't know. It just it looked weird. The tra- even the trailer is a little wonky for me. But uh, there you go. That's the last full measure. That's your limited release. Your wide releases this week. We have two very different. We have the turning. A modern uh, modern take on Henry James's novella, *The Turning of the Screw*, or *The Turn of the Screw*, not *The Turning of the Screw*. *The Turn of the Screw*. A young governess, played by Mackenzie Davis, is hired by a man who has become responsible for his young niece and nephew, played by uh, Brooklyn Prince and Finn Wolfhard, after the deaths of their parents. Uh, I I remember reading *The Turn of the Screw*. It was a while ago. It was. Pretty sure I was in high school when I read it. Uh, I don't remember too much of the story, so I don't know if any of this is even really what the story is about. But uh, it looks interesting, I guess. You know, I, I, I'm a I'm a fan of Mackenzie Davis. Finn Wolfhard's in there. He's not playing the typical Wolf Finn Wolfhard character. He's you know he's not being jokey jokey all the time. It works for him. I'm not you know complaining. It works for him. Great. But uh, yeah, I mean it looks it looks you know looks scary. I mean it is a horror movie in January, and sometimes those are not so great. I'm looking, I'm looking at you, Grudge. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so there's that. Okay, and your next wide release is The Gentleman. Now, this is a movie I've been looking forward to for a while. Written and directed by Guy Ritchie, a British drug lord tries to sell off his highly profitable empire to a dynasty of Oklahoma. Oklahoma billionaires, uh, which you don't get that from the trailer, but it, that's that's what the synopsis is. Uh, the gentleman co-stars Matthew, or stars Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, Michelle Dockery, Jeremy Strong, and Hugh Grant. I think Eddie Eddie uh, Marsden is also in there. Yes, yes, uh, Eddie Marsden is also in there. This one has been uh, I've been looking for this for a while. Guy Ritchie, uh, obviously, he made a career of gangster comedy movies, Snatch, which we talked about earlier, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Rock and Rolla, which I'm a fan of, which we'll talk about in the monthly rewind segments, because I, I actually thoroughly enjoy Rock and Rolla, but uh, this looks great, you know, you got a good cast in there, you got Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Hugh Grant, Henry Golden, like I just mentioned, Jeremy Strong, you know, he's kind of always reliable, Michelle Dockery's in there as well, Eddie Marsden, that's a good cast, that's a, that's a good cast in any movie, and you want to put them in a Guy Ritchie movie, you know, delivering his kind of dialogue and everything, and then, you know, just make it a comedy mob movie, yeah, I'm all for it, give me, just g- g- give it to me now, yeah, let's do it, so there you go, The Gentleman and The Turning are your wide releases this week, and then you have the last full measure as your limited release this week, like I mentioned, I'm going out of town next week, so there will be no podcast, because I'll be out of town for the most most of the week, so I'm going to give your wide releases, uh, I'll give your releases this week, so for the 31st of January, you have one limited release in The Traitor, uh, I'm only mentioning this because I saw this at the Chicago International Film Festival. It is a it is based on the true story and the real life of Tommaso Bruschetta, played by uh, Pier Francesco Favino, who um, I think most people will remember him playing uh, Pris Caspian's father. Did he play his father or his uncle or something? No, I think he plays uncle in Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, Prince Caspian. He was in that. He was also one of the detectives in one of the. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, da Vinci Code? No, Angels and Demons. It was in that. So I think that's where most people would know him from. Uh, but he plays uh, Tomasco Bruschetta, which is, uh, he was called the boss of the two worlds, and he was the first mafia informant in Sicily, even though he says many times he was not a rat uh, in the 80s. I saw this at the Chicago, like I mentioned, the Chicago International Film Festival, and it was it was pretty good. And uh, Favino pretty much carries the movie himself. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty long. It's kind of a slow burn. It's it's not your typical you know uh, mob movie, so there is that. So, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, if you want to go check that out, you can. Again, limited release next week, so just be aware of that. Uh, but your wide releases on the thirty first, we only have two. We have Gretel and Hansel, which is uh, of course kind of a spin on the Hansel and Gretel, obviously uh, story of the grim fairy tale that we know. Uh, Sophia Lellis 
aka Young Beverly from the It movie. She's playing Gretel. And then uh, you have Alice Krieg. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Uh, I know her mostly from Silent Hill. Uh, she played like the the main kind of one of the main villains in, in the Silent Hill movie, which we'll talk about when we get to it uh, in the monthly rewind. But um, she's in there as well. It looks very, it looks really creepy. Uh, it kind of it's kind of giving off a witch vibe, uh, just a little bit more dirtier. So I'm all for it. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And then you have the rhythm section, uh, which is based off a novel of the same name. He also the writer of the book, uh, Mark Burnell. Also wrote the script for the movie. Uh, Blake Lively plays a woman who's seeking revenge against those who orchestrated a plane crash that killed her family. Uh, Jude Law and Sterling K. Brown also star in that. And that looks pretty good. I don't know if it's... It, the movie got delayed for a little bit. Uh, it was mostly because I think Blake Lively hurt herself while filming one of the stunts in the movie. So there is that. But you kind of always worry about movies that get delayed uh, a little bit when an actor gets injured because they come back and they got to get back in the headspace. Maybe they've been gone for so long. Who knows? But... Uh, I don't buy Blake Lively putting on an accent. It's, it seems a little weird just putting on an accent from it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just it was like, why give her an accent? Just let her be Blake Lively. At least that's kind of what it feels like in the trailers. They're putting on an accent. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way they structure the trailer that she's putting on an accent to fool someone. But I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I'm looking forward to it anyway. Regardless. Alright, so that's the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. I highly appreciate you listening. I threw a lot in there. Because I thought I wouldn't have enough, and then I kind of rambled a little bit from the monthly rewind, which is a reason why there will be their own thing going forward, their own podcast going forward, or their own yeah, their own podcast special going forward. So uh, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, anything that you guys need, uh, social media wise, yeah, just yeah, actually that's pretty much it. Social media wise, links. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, if you want to go listen to it on YouTube, or if you want to go listen to it on Stitcher. Or if you just want to keep listening on Apple Podcasts, that's fine too. All the links to that are down below in the description slash show notes area. Some, uh, social media links are down there. Uh, obviously, my personal social media for Twitter and Instagram will be kind of filled with my trip. I'm going to Orlando, which is a lot of fun. If you you already know that I'm a nerd, so you probably can guess why I'm going to Orlando. But uh, there's that. But uh, I am using the, uh, Facebook, uh, the Twitter page more for the podcast. I haven't used it this much this week because I've been a little busy, too, too busy with work this week. So I apologize for that, but uh, I'll be coming back on that. Won't be going too into it next week because I'll be out of town, but uh, I'll try to keep it going as much as I can. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week. I highly appreciate it. Uh, go check out all the links down below again for everything. Just have a safe, fun week. I know there's a cold front coming in for a lot of places. We're getting hit with it here a little bit in the Chicagoland area right now. But uh, be safe out there. Have fun. Make smart decisions. Be good people. And as always, go watch some movies. Woo-woo! Yeah! Give it up! Movies! <laughs>